0: Welcome in to Beyond the Beat from 32 Beat Writers. I'm your host, Zach Hajduk, and today we're getting some help recapping the Senior Bowl and talking about some prospects with Cody Carpentier. Cody is an NFL draft analyst and podcast host with Ross with Pumping out some really good content in the draft here. If you're looking for him on Twitter or X, you can find him at Cody, C-O-D-Y, Carpentier, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-I-E-R. Cody, welcome to the show,
1: Zach, I appreciate you having me on. We didn't run into each other down there, but I do remember the face. So, next time, I don't know if you'll we'll be at the combine or maybe next year at the Senior Bowl, we will run into each other and we will uh, chat in the flesh. So, I uh, hope you're doing well and I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, of course. No, and uh, yeah, there's so many people down there. Like we were mentioning pre show, it's just, uh, it's almost overwhelming to try to meet everybody, but, uh, you know, with everybody down there. But next time, we'll try to see if we can maybe grab some uh, Moe's barbecue or something like that. Who knows? But, um, yeah you were down there we're both down there in person we're going to talk through an article that you wrote a little while ago here i really liked it just a simple quick easy um five i think you listed five different uh risers here the biggest 2024 nfl draft risers from the senior bowl everybody can find that on rosterwatch.com there um and uh since you're in person you had a chance to break these guys down it's a really good article uh Let's just start, if you don't mind, from the top with a couple of with one of the wide receivers that we were looking for going in. Uh, we had Jacob Infante on the show and one of the kind of sleeper guys that he mentioned may going in was uh, Ryan Flournoy. Uh, he made Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Uh, he's 6'1", 200 pounds. I think uh, that's what he weighed in at at the Senior Bowl, but yep, just kind of a really strong, athletic guy. What uh, what did you see from him, and why did you feel like he was somebody that we should uh, be considering more as a riser going into the draft here?
1: I think when, I, when I'm when i going through this risers list, I'm doing it based on value or current perceived value from you know Twitter, from X, from the streets, from what you're hearing from people. Are people not talking about this guy, not talking about him enough? It didn't seem like very many people at all were talking about Ryan Flournoy coming in because – it's a really good group of wide receivers in this 2024 NFL draft. And at this event, you know, the, the focus was on the Devontae Walkers, the Xavier Laguettes, the Roman Wilson's, of that nature. And this guy comes in and he has an imposing frame, 6'1", 200 pounds, like you mentioned. He's got big hands. He's got long, long levers. And he comes in on day one and just looks like he looks like he fits in. He didn't look like some dude that was D2, went JUCO, Went FCS. He looked like a guy that was has been playing Division I, and it kind of gave me vibes of Michael Wilson from last year, Michael Wilson from Stanford, now an Arizona Cardinal wide receiver, third-round guy. Uh, plays a little more physical than I think Michael Wilson. I think Michael Wilson has a little better contested catchability. But Flournoy has the speed. I talked to him. You talked to him. One thing he said he thinks he has the best characteristics are his hands. So he's got some of the best hands in the class, if not the best, according to him. See, so he's got the speed to get past anybody. And I just, in totality, I love his size. His frame is perfect for the NFL. I, I kind of term, term it the archetype. If you're six foot tall and you're about 195 to 200 pounds, that's like the archetype. That's when you think about the Jeffersons, the Chases, the DJ Moores, the... Odell Beckhams, you could just start naming them. All these guys, that kind of fit that, and they are dynamic, and they work for us in fantasy football, and they succeed in the NFL. I'm not saying Flournoy is going to be that guy day one. He kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of a situation like a Jalen Tolbert, who was down there in, in Mobile just a few years ago, came in. Who's this rocked-up guy? Oh, well, he's at home. He's at his own field. Jalen Tolbert goes later in the draft. A couple years, bang. This year he had a couple opportunities. He's going to continue to grow into that role. I think that's what Flournoy is going to do in the NFL.
0: Okay, so maybe coming into the the week, it felt like he might be maybe an undrafted kind of guy. Do you have any thoughts on after that week where he may or may not go, maybe still undrafted, but maybe has a shot to you know make a roster a better chance?
1: I, I think that he put enough on on he put enough on on wax down there in Mobile. To vault himself into the draft pick for sure, I th- I do think coming in it was going to take the perfect like somebody's going to have to somebody's going to have to have watched Southeast Missouri State and known who he was to in order to you know maybe throw that late sixth or that seventh round pick on him. Otherwise, he's going to be a preferred undrafted. But Tolbert, like I said, Tolbert came in and looked really good at that senior bowl just a couple of years ago. He ended up being a third round pick. Do I think Flournoy jumps into that third round? I'm on the fence there. I would venture to bet it's probably more likely to be a fifth round guy day three, but I feel good about that. I feel fine with it. And it kind of fits exactly what I'm saying here, where he's going to take a couple years. That's fine, but it's, it's a long-term play. And I just think he did a lot for himself being down there in mobile.
0: All right. Sounds good. Another guy who, uh, you know, he comes from a little bit bigger program, obviously uh, that, uh, People may or may not know still, though, is another wide receiver, uh, Jamari Thrash. Um, Let me know, you know, he's out of Louisville there. What did you expect coming from him coming in? And then what did you see from him? I know for me personally, it just felt like every single day he showed us something. I don't know that he had a bad day while we were down there. You know, there were some receivers that seemed like they were up, down. um, But Thrash just felt like he was making a play at least one, you know, every practice, uh, from what I could tell. He's a little bit smaller uh, than Flournoy. He's uh, 5'11", uh, almost almost six there, uh, 185 pounds, at least according to the Senior Bowl weigh-in. So what uh, what did you see from him, and, and why did you feel like he rose?
1: Coming in, w- when I was looking at tape, I did not, did not grade him very high, I did not grade him very well. That's kind of why we go through this process, He's got long levers, similar to Ryan uh, Flournoy, 75-inch wingspan there. I kind of projected him for about that 4-5-5 range, kind of looking like a Dante Pettis, maybe a, a smaller Romeo Dobbs type of a player. And what I saw in Mobile was a guy that can beat people over the top, that can – he's nuanced in some of his routes downfield. Um, I think he had consistent agility and ability to beat cornerbacks on certain routes, not all of them, but he he just – he looked better and I didn't expect anything from, this is one of the guys I expected, you know, to be quite honest. I expected him to be at the bottom and you weren't going to make many notes. You know, may, I wasn't going to put any checks next to his name. I was not going to put no pluses. And I did, I consistently did. And similar to Flornoy, He was at times at the event, uh, you know, the, 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 the second hand to bad passes and bad opportunities where he created separation downfield and the quarterback kind of left that ball short or didn't put it in a position for him to win, or didn't hit him on time, things of that nature. But Thrash, I thought, can cont- continue to succeed, and I think he showed he has the burners to succeed in the NFL. Uh, he he tr- the big the big thing really coming in, and you looked at the tape, you looked at the the, the numbers, the statistics coming over from when he transferred to Louisville is he was at Georgia State for four years, and then boom, almost 900 yards in his first and only season at Louisville. And the ability to transition like that from school to school, and now you see him go to an event like this, and even though the tape didn't look great, but go to an event like this and play with new quarterbacks again, and again he didn't have the great connection due to some of the quarterback play, but he was able to create separation and create opportunities for himself.
0: Yeah, and you had mentioned in your write up that he had at times struggled with some concentration drops. There were a couple times where it looked like, oh man, he made a really good play, and then maybe towards the end of it, I was like, ah, did he catch that or not? I don't know if they slowed it down on replay at an NFL game, would they count it or not? I, a couple in the end zone specifically in one on ones, but yeah, there was one play though that I thought was really nice in eleven on elevens, I think it was, where he caught one on kind of like an out uh, towards the the side of the end zone and uh, had a defender on him and. And, you know, landed on his back, sucked the ball up in the air in celebration. I thought that was pretty cool. But did you
1: you have any concerns still maybe remaining there? I, I think I do. I, I mean, I bumped him up quite a bit. I don't know if that 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 play style, his abilities, translates to the league as 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 a you know probably more than likely sixth round pick in there. Redshirt senior, fifth year guy, probably going to be a later round pick. It's going to be like a Darnell Mooney situation. Do I think he has Darnell Mooney speed? Uh, no. Do I think he has the abilities? Yes, kind of. But I, there's just questions around that. Is, is The draft capital is probably not going to be there. Um, and in the NFL, it's going to take a perfect situation for him to climb the ladder and succeed. And I don't think he has the upside or the frame or the the, the, the ball skills that Orion Flournoy does in the same conversation.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So did himself some favors, still some concerns there. be interesting to see through training camp if he, uh, you know, once he gets on a roster there. So there's two guys that you guys in your dynasty leagues, especially can maybe throw a later pick at and uh, see, see what happens there. Uh, moving on to running backs for just a second. We had uh, this, this class just in general, it's, uh, I don't want to say necessarily underwhelming. I mean, but it, it's not um, a stellar running back class. just, as far as rookies go in general. And it feels like there's some opportunity for some guys to separate themselves. Marshawn Lloyd. um, Do you feel like he did that this week or last week?
1: I think he a hundred percent. I do. I think from the jump, it was who's this guy and we knew who he was, but it was the one that your eyes go directly to where if you're watching, if you watch Marshawn Lloyd on tape coming in, he did the exact same things on film in mobile. It was the same cuts. It was the same receiving ability, and those are those are confirming priors, right? You're watching this film. You know who this guy is. You think you do anyway, and then you come into the event, and he's like, oh, yep, that's him. And he vaulted himself, I think, into the top six, seven conversation at the running back position. Again, there's no clear-cut, you know, Saquon, Bijan, Brees type of a guy this year, obviously. So I think that there's going to be a multitude of thoughts around the running back group, whether it's Braylon Allen, whether it's Blake Corum, Trey Benson, whatever you like. Um, I think Marshawn Lloyd did exactly what was needed of him. We do have a couple of questions about his lower body. He's jacked, he's 217 pounds, big frame uh in the upper body, but he's got like the calves are a little slender. Uh one of my uh buddies here at Roster Watch kind of terms it the Darren McFadden legs. And that's when you look at Darren McFadden, he's upper body's like this, and the lower body kind of just goes right down to the smaller calves, and those guys can continually get injured uh as they go along in the NFL. Not not trying to project injuries by any means, but a guy like Marshawn Lloyd didn't play a ton of games in college, dominated both at South Carolina and USC in the small opportunities that he did get, averaging I think almost seven over seven yards per carry. I think it was seven point one. I think Lloyd's a guy that bumped himself from fringe top 10 to that six, seven conversation as far as the running back position goes. And I think he's got a lethal jump cut. I think he's great. He's got great vision and he's all of these running backs really are the senior boy. Just so fluid in the receiving game.
0: Yeah. I think that was kind of fun to watch. And sometimes it felt like some days the running backs just had no success at all on almost either team. And then uh, the next day it felt like uh, somebody was showing out, but running the ball itself. You're right. Like, Pass catching, it felt like a lot of the guys were able to show that, and then running the ball, he was one of the few that it felt like to me at least stood out on a consistent basis there. And uh, you are right when you'd go down on the field to interview guys, uh, it was almost like yeah that you mentioned that that V shape from the top down. So uh, we'll see see how that goes. Uh, the guy who won uh, his, the best running back for uh, his roster, Michael Wiley, uh, as voted on at least by the linebackers down there, uh, out of Arizona, five ten. Two hundred nine. uh what did you see from him this week that uh stood out to you
1: maybe the biggest surprise that's a, that's what i wrote in my notes is maybe the biggest surprise of the week he was a late ad uh jalen wright was injured from tennessee's a burner um gonna be one of those top 10 guys in this class as well but michael wiley was a late ad and quite frankly didn't watch film on incoming. coming in so some of these situations are fun to watch like this you're like i haven't watched this guy at all what's he gonna be and he comes in there, and the first thing I noticed was the receiving game, the most fluid out of all of these guys, the most consistent out of all of these guys. And then he started running between the tackles. And I was like, that's not bad. And they did pass pro. That's pretty solid. And it's just stacking things that he could do really good and solid. And I was talking to Alex about it, and I was like, man, this guy, he, he kind of like gives off Eric Gray, Rashad White vibes of the last couple of years. What is he? And we're talking about it like going home before we did our podcast. It's like, this guy, this guy's probably like one ninety five. He's not that big of a body type. Mm. We get back. The numbers are released. He's 209 pounds. And we kind of turn with the Trey Mason Dixon line, which is about that 205 pound spot, which is where you want these running backs to be is north of that line. And I think Michael Wiley was a guy that had the most consistent week out of anybody, even more so than Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd's the best running back there. I think Rashin Ali can be had too, but he only practiced one day. It was very good, but... I think Michael Wiley brings quite a bit to the table. Now, as far as draft capital goes, these running backs, it's going to be, I, it's, a, it's a toss-up to even have an opinion on these running backs right now as far as even the first guys going off. Nobody's projected right now going earlier than 55 overall in the NFL draft. So Wiley, you know, is going to get a situation that's probably going to be, you know, sixth, seventh round, which is fine. Um, we've seen guys succeed from there, Claim Isaiah Pacheco, Keaton Mitchell, and guys of that nature. But Michael Wiley has the frame at 5'10.5", 209 pounds, I think everything is there um, from the levers, from the length, his ability to run between the tackles, the receiving game. Like it's all it all stacks up for Michael Wiley. And I think he was the biggest surprise of the week of all of all the skill position.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly for me as well. Um a guy that people probably weren't as surprised by, uh, who you mentioned the last one here on your uh article is uh Ladd McConkey, the wide receiver out of Georgia. He had a very consistent week. Uh, From what we could see, but, uh, you know, as far as expectations coming in, people had pretty high, uh, you know, a a decent value on him, maybe not a first rounder, but there was some talk about maybe being at that range. Do you feel like he did enough to be somewhat seriously considered as a first rounder in the NFL draft or uh, why did you feel like he he rose a stock?
1: Yeah, I I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think he was a first round conversation type of a player going in. And that's all I heard while I was in Mobile. Was oh yeah, Lad McConkey, early second. He's gonna get into the first round. You walked away, and all of a sudden you start seeing mock drafts with him going like thirty-one to the Chiefs. And I was like, whoa, I get (laughs) it, hundred percent, I get it. With that frame, you know, what did he weigh in? And he weighed in at one eighty-seven, which is which is pretty solid. You know, it's twenty pounds heavier than what uh, Tank Dell did last year. He didn't look like Tank Dell out there. Tank Dell was skating past people. McConkey's more sudden more uh, twitchy, I would say, in and out of breaks and stuff like that. And he just dominated. It felt like on day one. And I don't want to see he coasted the rest of the week because he, he didn't, but he just consi- can, looked consistent throughout the week. I think he's going to run sub 4-4, four, four, probably mid mid four threes at the Combine this month. And it's going to be a guy that continues to build as the process goes through. And my one question, I guess, that I have still is he's dealt with a handful of injuries back, I think a lower body, maybe a shoulder at his during his time at Georgia. And those are, of course, questions in the NFLs, you know, staying healthy, health is wealth, and that's everything. But McConkie was borderline the most unguardable player at the event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the health thing is interesting, especially if you're gonna be running those like short to intermediate routes, uh, like we saw a lot of while we were at the senior bowl, and that seemed to where he had that seemed to be where he had some good success. Um Yeah. Yeah. I'll be interested to see. Obviously there's a lot of wide receivers, a lot of offensive talent that we're going to see go in the first round this year. So even in some years, if he's maybe deserving of it, whether we can debate that or not, uh, we still may not see that, but you wrote that it seems incredibly unlikely that he even completely like that. He doesn't get out of that. He gets out of round two undrafted that is so, um, is there anybody that we haven't mentioned so far that surprised you? I know you mentioned Michael Wiley surprised you coming into the week. And then you also mentioned uh, Rasheen Ali, the running back. Um, he got uh, injured. I heard apparently it was a, a torn bicep tendon on day. I think it might have been the beginning of the day two, which is why we didn't see him the rest of the week there, which sucks. But uh, I think that's a recovery of four to six months. So hopefully we'll see him back. But anybody that you felt like stood out to you that maybe you didn't make the list here?
1: I think a couple of tight ends you could throw on as as far as the risers. Jared Wiley's a guy that from TCU transferred from Texas a few years ago and got opportunities at TCU. He's going to be one of these fourth, fifth round guys. As is Ben Sanat. These are the two tight ends that for me they profile and the archetype. Like and again, these are good, people are going to take this run with it, but it's like you think about george Kittle, you think about travis Kelsey, you think about mark andrews these guys that went in the fourth the fifth round and flourished into something jared wiley and ben sanat bring the profiles Um, to potentially be something of that nature. I thought they both had very solid weeks. Of course, the two big tight ends from Penn State and Minnesota, Brevin Ford, and Theo Johnson, uh, were there as well. But I thought these two guys showed uh, a multitude of traits, uh, not only on the tape beforehand, but also in Mobile, whether it was run blocking or in the passing game, um, that they could both succeed.
0: OK, uh, last question for you here outside of maybe Ladd McConkie, uh, just from a fantasy standpoint and probably more of a dynasty outlook. Is there anybody that you feel like has the chance to maybe be the highest drafted and maybe have the biggest fantasy impact in the next couple of years? Is there anybody that you'd uh, pick for that?
1: Definitely. Def- I mean, definitely 100 percent Ladd McConkey feels like the highest drafted player right now at the event. Malachi Corley's caught a lot of helium the last month and a half um but but talking to him he kind of gave vibes that teams were talking to him as if he's more of a gadget player than he is you know a dominant slot yeah. receiver again they call him the yak king for a reason he had over two thousand yards after catch which most players don't even get to two thousand receiving yards in their career this guy had over two thousand just after the catch and i think he's gonna be in that conversation but being conversed as a gadget guy and him bringing that up means teams have been putting that into his ear. Makes me feel like he yeah. might fall back uh, just a touch. Brendan Rice is the other one. He came in, he was physically imposing, you know, and the physically imposing player was supposed to be Xavier Leggett, who is actually one of my followers from the week uh, coming in shorter, not looking as dominant, not looking as freakish. There was a rumor that he had a, a, an ankle injury as the week went on, but Brendan Rice kind of took advantage of being the dominant alpha of the event he didn't win in alpha ways where he's just overtaking receivers consistently, or sorry, overtaking cornerbacks consistently. But he's a different type of a player. He's a different cat. He's definitely not like his dad. He's more fluid uh, on underneath stuff. Everything in the first 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, kind of reminded me of a Zay Jones type of a guy. And those that remember Zay Jones coming to Eastern Carolina, Zay Jones was nasty. And I think Brendan Rice brings some of that to the table. Do I think he's going to run 4-4? No, he's going to be a 4-5, you know, 2 4 guy t- type of a, a Michael Pittman type of a guy. Um not as big as Michael Pittman, but I think Brendan Rice is a guy you could see vault up to the end of that round two of the NFL draft and then of course that's also going to vault him up in fantasy drafts and and that conversation is only going to continue to rise because this class does have a, a, a couple of meaty big dudes and I think Brendan Rice can not put him not put himself in that conversation because that's like the tier one tier two of the class, but put him in like the the value range for fantasy drafts.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he uh you mentioned physically like there were just several instances where there were guys just totally um you know, he was drawing flags on DPI the whole week uh for what it's worth and just fighting through it and catching most of them. The only exception to that was a uh end zone drop that I, I think it was maybe day 1 where he just totally yeah. burned a guy and then turned around and it went right through his bread basket, which was a little unfortunate, but he he had a pretty good rest of the week and I almost ran smack dab into his dad uh trying to get coffee at the hotel there it was crazy i almost didn't recognize him at first and i turned to somebody's like was that was that jerry rice like i almost <laughs> run into jerry right yeah so it was pretty <laughs> crazy but uh yeah so i'll be interested to see how he goes obviously everybody's been asking him about his dad and what he's uh got to to learn from him so uh cody thanks for joining us but before i let you go uh where can we find your work and uh, everything you're doing
1: you can find it first off. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it as always. Uh, you can find all my stuff over at rosterwatch.com also on, on YouTube at rosterwatch and on YouTube at um, the executives of fantasy football. And then over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash executives, me and my main man, Maddie. Uh, that's where we have our dynasty top 400 uh, super flex rankings. We got cornerstone rankings for this class, next class and the following class. And we're just putting out rookie content every single day. Uh, that's just part of what we're doing. So everything else over at roster watch. And I, again, I just appreciate you uh, having me on the show.
0: Yeah, of course, man. And uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, don't forget to follow Cody, like he said on Twitter and everywhere else. You can read and listen to all the work that he's doing for roster watch and make sure to check out his Patreon there. He's releasing things every day. It almost seems like there also don't forget to like rate review and repost this show to help us out. So if you haven't, be sure to check out our new and improved website. We loaded some really cool stuff on there for our premium users. Check it out at 32beatwriters.com. For 32 Beatwriters, I'm Zach Haidu. We'll see you later.